Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. We have an epic episode for you today, a client's tell-all episode. I have to give my client, Ina, who's on this episode, the credit for the title. If you guys have been listening to me for a while, you know I'm a huge Batch fan. I have to confess, I have not been watching the Claire Tasha season, but we'll we'll get into that another time because I have been working away on my course, Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, which is now out. Go to ClaireTheHeartbreakCoach.com for this insane value, all in one, almost 60 videos, four modules. And it really was birthed from my experience of coaching women full-time for, I've been coached for five years, but really focused solely on heartbreak dating and relationships for three years. So I felt it was time, my coach felt it was time to create a course that is affordable and accessible to the masses where I know you will get the same results that these women have gotten from working with me one-on-one. I chose these three women in particular April, Heather, and Ina, because each of them are currently at different stages in their dating lives. And they came to me in different stages of their dating lives. So I really wanted to have a variety of stories happening here because you very well might relate to one of them. So April came to me over a year ago and was just so frustrated with her dating life. She heard me on Caitlin Bristow's podcast, which is it confirmed that she won Dancing with the Stars or not? Or is that next week? Next week. Okay. Well, I got to tune in. Caitlin's amazing. I went to Nashville to record with her and she's just an amazing human on the inside and out and was my fave bachelorette. And April was listening to her podcast and heard me on there and decided that she had to reach out because she was so frustrated with her dating life. April, you're 33 now. 34. 34. Mm. When I was 33. Yeah, yeah. And um, she was just so frustrated with her dating life. There was definitely an unhealed story about an ex from a few years prior that she was carrying into her future dating life. And not that she was waking up sad about him all day, every day, but she just had unresolved shit happening in her brain about this particular person. And April and I, just wrapped working together because she has run off into the sunset with the love of her life. This is her person. He's amazing. And it has been just an amazing one-year journey with April. Moving on to the beautiful Heather, she came to me about four and a half months ago and was already well on her way. What was it, a four or five-year relationship, Heather? 
five-year relationship and she knew that she was done but there was sort of this gray area bullshit happening where there was still contact and you know she was holding on to him and a handful of other unavailable guys to just kind of scratch the loneliness itch and she was just so fed up with her shit in dating and she decided to come to me and here we are four and a half months later and she's attracted a quality guy that is so next level and is challenging her in all the ways that I wanted a guy to challenge her. But the only reason why I know she has landed this guy, by the way, she's like in a fancy hotel right now in the background as she records and they're there together, but she kicked him out. Thank you. Not permanently, just for the podcast. Everyone calm down. And she um, really has attracted this amazing guy. Now it's early. I'm not saying they're running off into the sunset, but he's showing up in all the ways that she really was looking for someone to show up. But the work we have really been doing is that I've been pushing Heather to show up in ways that she wasn't just for herself on so many levels, which we're going to get into. Then we have the gorge, Ina. Ina came to me similar time that Heather came to me about four and a half months ago, super, super triggered over a relationship that had been on and off for a few years. Ina really felt like such a mirror to my old self at 2930. Heather just turned 30. Ina's about to turn 30. I'm exactly a decade older than her. And her story just resonated with me. It was very similar dealing with a lot of pain and manipulation and backstabbing and all the things, yet that she had this pull to this person. And she was really in this highly triggered state. And I almost didn't take her on because it was not because I wasn't like, I don't know if I can help her. It was more, was she really ready to do the hard shit? Because she was still so enmeshed mentally and emotionally in the situation. I was like, I'm going to kick your ass. Are you ready for it? And she was like, I have to do this. I have to do this. And I said, okay. I'm like, but you're not going to like the things that I tell you to do, Ina. And she was like, no, I, I'm ready. And here we are four and a half months later, I get I'm like teary when I saw these girls' faces to show up on a Sunday to record with me on their Sunday. I got teary seeing their beautiful faces and I'm just so freaking proud of all of them. And Ina came to me just four and a half months ago, just so cut up about this person that had consumed her life and tortured her for three years. And she is now fucking moving and shaking in her dating life and so confident. And look, all of these women, they're not like, and now everything's perfect. They still have shit. There's tons more I want to continue working on with Heather and with Ina. We're still in our six month contract you know, but the growth has just been exponential with all three of these ladies who are at very different stages in their dating lives. And so I wanted them to come on here and really talk about their experience of coaching, what they've tried prior to working with me. And it's safe to say Heather and Ina had some hesitation. Obviously, my coaching is and my one on one coaching is very expensive. And, you know, they were comfortable paying it, except it was like, but how do I know I'm going to get that result? Right. Because that's what I guarantee my clients. You get the result you come for if you do what I tell you to do. April was on the other side of the spectrum. She was like, in her application, she was like, will you please take me as your client? <laughs> so um, it was so cute. And 
So Ina, I would love to start with you just because you really came to me in the thick of your pain and you were desperate. And I don't mean that in a shameful way, just desperate to heal, so stuck, so mired in a lot of drama. And just talk about the experience because you listened to me on the podcast for a while. So what made you finally say, "Um, I've got to sign up for this coaching? Sure. I would say I found you, which is actually funny. Um, someone I had gone on a date with sent me your podcast on gaslighting. Funny that I was talking about gaslighting on a date. So I clearly should not have been dating. But anyways, <laughs> a few podcasts and push articles later, I was like, I got to work with this girl. She hits it on the head. I, I really connect with her and I'm just ready to not talk about my ex in date. <laughs> I guess if you think about everything in your life, if you're trying to, you know, train physically train your body, you're going to hire a trainer. If you broke your bone, you're going to go to physical therapy. You're going to rehab your, your muscles. And I had my heart broken. I had my, my life manipulated and just didn't know which way was up and down. Um, and so I was going to go to the best of the best and Claire, is hands down that, that woman for you. And I hope that you're not in a similar situation where, you know, it was that bad, but even if you have an average breakup, which we've all been through, that is tough to stay out of, you know, and you're just ready to take your life to a next step. Like this is the best decision you can make for your love life, for yourself and for your future invest. Well, thank you for that lovely plug, Ina. I didn't even know you were going to go there. I appreciate that. And also, you guys, keep in mind now we have the course, Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better. And to be clear, I just want to make sure everybody knows that this course is for every race, religion, gender, and sexual orientation. I simply use the pronoun him because of my own experience as a heterosexual woman. So do not let the pronoun deter you in the title. So I love that you think I'm the best and that everybody should sign up with me, Ina. But can you talk a little bit specifically about what you tried leading up to me? Because I know you tried other things leading up to me. And then what was the difference between our work? Because you had such a fast... I mean, you were in it for a while and your brain was like you know, wound up on him and very caught up in the drama. And there was even a run-in with him. And, you know, we had prepared for the potential of a run-in. And, you know, you went and did the opposite of what I told you to do if that was to happen, like so many people do. All the girls can relate to not doing what I tell them to do at times. We're all human. And what was hard at the beginning about what I was doing? I feel like I'm talking at you and not making my question clear. What was, what was different about this approach and also what was hard about it and what made you, so I'm asking you three questions and then what made you feel like it was starting to click and work for you? So what was different about us when we started working? What was hard about it? Because everybody finds it hard. And I really want people who are, maybe you've already purchased the course or you're thinking about purchasing the course or working with me one-on-one. It's going to be hard, but it will be easier for the people with the course to be like, fuck this, it doesn't work. Even though I have a video in the stop wanting and back section called when the work isn't working, because we all go through that. Um, so I'll let you speak and I'll remind you of those questions if that was like too many to think of at once. So what was different about this? You know, I had tried therapy. I tried looking, you know, up different coaches videos and, um, on Instagram, but 
just learning the thought work and then being able to go through it piece by piece and week over week, day over day, um, was definitely the difference maker here. You know, I think a lot of your friends, therapists will listen to you and tell you, you know, what you want to hear, but you know, your approach of actually plugging it into the thought models and explaining why you're reaching the same, you know, conclusions because it starts with your thoughts was so helpful that like, I realized all of it was kind of, a lot of it was me doing this to myself and not letting myself get out of this. And then just to have someone that was making sure I was doing it, calling me out on my BS. If I wasn't, if I wasn't sticking on to it, um, just was super helpful. And I view myself as a decently coachable person. However, having that coach keep you in check, like is so important. So I think that was what was different. What was hard about it. I kind of touched upon it was no one wants to hear that, you know, you're, you're not, you're not doing the work. And of course you'll feel it because you're like, wait, why, you know, you feel like you're doing progress and you take a step back and you're, you realize you're not doing it. So just the hardest part is being consistent in any area of your life. So just to have a six month commitment to, to coaching is definitely the right, the minimum time period to stay consistent, to make sure that you have enough time to work through when you do fall off and um, need help to get back on track. Thank you. And the last question is, and I do want to be clear here. I never, you know, a lot of people come to me who say, oh, therapy didn't work for me. You guys know I've had my old therapist on Ashley. She is incredible and saved me in the thick of a dark, dark time before I ever discovered coaching. So this podcast is not to put down therapy or say one is better than the other. I think therapy is great for people and the right therapist. And you know what? There are a lot of shitty coaches out there and it's an unregulated industry. And you know, you don't have to like get any specific training for coaching. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about the difference between coaching and therapy and the the war between the two. And I'm a huge fan of therapy. And and not that I'm saying, Ina, that you were putting therapy down, but I want to be clear that I'm not saying my way is so much better than therapy. I'm just saying my approach works. And if you've tried a bunch of shit that doesn't work, I believe my approach is the best. <laughs> so I guess maybe I am saying I'm better than therapy. I don't know. But I, I, you know, I've sent certain clients to therapists if I feel like it's not in my wheelhouse, if I feel like there are traumatic childhood wounds or physical abuse or self-harm. That is not my wheelhouse. I will part ways with clients if I feel like it's not my in my area of expertise. So I just want to hit home on that. But my last question to you, Ina, is when did you start to feel like relief and like, oh my God, this is really starting to work? Probably a few weeks back. So like maybe when we were like three and a half, four months in. I mean, the first few weeks I was like, Oh, I'm getting it. I'm good. Like, this is great. Then I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm not going to need all the six months and <laughs> run into him. And yeah, just shit hit the fan. Actually, no, not, nothing hit the fan, but I did not act like the person I wanted to be. And so I realized I was still a long ways to go. Um, but yeah, a few weeks ago I had started dating again and just really enjoying it, not feeling crazy pressure to find my person on the first, first go. And if it was a great guy still, and I wasn't feeling it, I didn't, it didn't feel that bad to just say, it's not for me. 
And so, yeah, I would say it was a few weeks ago when that kind of switch happened and I'm just enjoying myself. I know it's a pandemic right now and I may or may not find him right now, but it's going to happen. And I'm looking forward to the process. Yeah. For you, it's just all of a sudden this calm and this relaxation. And like, I didn't know that there was such a hilarious human in Ina until I would say it was a little bit earlier than three and a half months. I feel like it was like, it doesn't matter. I'm splitting hairs, but I feel like it was like three months in all of a sudden you and I were fucking laughing hysterically. We have been in like the last, I would say eight calls or so. And I'm like, this woman is fucking hilarious. Like she just, you got your light back and I didn't know you pre then. So I was like, oh my gosh, there's this spitfire, hilarious human. You've got to tell the story. What was the deal with the guy with the hair? And you showed up, he had like a really long beard and it was like, do you want to share that story or do you not want to? No, it's fine. Okay. Well, it was just hilarious when you hold on, but it was hilarious what you said at the end when I was like, I need to pay you for comedic relief. I basically went on a date with someone who warned me about their COVID beard. And when I showed up, it was COVID warm. beard, just to be clear, COVID beard in case that didn't come through, like he had a really long beard. I will, I'll spare the details of what it actually looked like, but I was just like, declare, look, I'm not showing up with a messy wet bun right now. Like you should show up with whatever that was on your face. Your delivery on it was so amazing. Like I don't show up with a messy wet bun on the top of my head. Like pull your shit together. It was so hilarious, but you're just having fun. And I think you're being so much more intentional and you're not a big breakthrough for you is that you're not reacting off of the shitty caliber of dudes on the apps. Like I say to my clients all the time, I talk about this in the course. There are a ton of shitty prospects on the apps. Like that is a given. Can you get over that and focus on your eye on the prize? And I feel like that was a struggle for you. And now you're just like, oh, I can actually have fun at home. And the last thing that I want to say, and then we'll segue to Heather is, you know, Ina just said, I know it's a pandemic, so who knows, or something like that. But both April and Heather have met their men during the pandemic. And I really think, you know, my business skyrocketed during the pandemic and not just for heartbroken people coming to me, but people who want to find love. I truly believe you guys hear me when I say this. I truly believe people are now in isolation. We've got a second wave, California. We're going to have a a curfew enforced, um, I think next week. And so people are forced to look at their lives. And if they've just been, I mean, the three of you, I also want the audience to know these women are such fucking boss babes in their lives. They're super successful. And again, we get into what does success mean to me? Because everybody is successful in their own right. And you get to decide what success is for you. But these women are such bosses in their lives. I mean, it'd be very easy for all of you. I mean, Heather's had a lot of work on her plate recently. It'd be very easy to just hide in work and just say, I'm just so busy and just escape into the work and avoid dating and all of that. And um, I think now people are really like going inward and being like, wow, partnership would be really nice. I'm alone all the time. I can't escape to the bars. I can't just go hang out with friends and go to parties and maybe I'll meet someone. Maybe I won't. Like now, hopefully everybody who's listening, if you are vigilant and aware of what's going on, you're not just, you know, meeting everybody in person and sucking face with them, (laughs) but you're going to be vigilant about who you connect with and build trust. I'm writing articles for Poosh, two articles on dating during COVID. 
stay tuned. They should come out in December, I think. But you know, that I really feel like, again, thoughts create your results. You guys, you can all say, oh, it's a pandemic and it's getting cold outside. Well, it was a pandemic in March and it was cold outside. So people can build trust and connect through FaceTime. Heather's favorite. That's a great segue to Heather. Heather did not want to FaceTime with people that she was swiping on. And you know what? I don't think, hear me out and Heather, I'm going to let you speak. I don't think, you know, if you don't FaceTime, you won't be able to make a connection. But she was so opposed to it that I was like, we got to get you to do it because it was just this like visceral, no. And Heather's sound effects are amazing when I ask her to do something. It's like, (laughs) that's pretty accurate, Heather. So yeah, again, you had hesitation. I think you were, you know, thinking this was a really big investment and your one fear about it was what if I make this investment and you don't get the result that you came for? So what made you really decide? By the way, Heather forgot that we had our scheduled consultation call. And I was like, this bitch ain't ready. And on the consultation call, I was like, it just concerns me. You want to do six months of coaching, but you forgot about... She was like, I forgot about the call. I'm like, is this okay? And she was like, yeah. I'm like... I'm going to be completely direct with you. This concerns me. And it's hilarious because she has been like timely and shown up for every single session and totally does her work and is so amazing. And the results are speaking for themselves as well. So, Heath, um, what made you bite the bullet and kind of similarly answer my questions that I asked Ina and if there's anything you want to add? So when I was speaking with you about, or, you know, our first consultation. That you forgot that I forgot, which literally scared the crap out of me. (laughs) She's like, I don't know if I'm going to take you as my client now. And I was like, oh my gosh, no. (laughs) But even like with you saying that, that made me realize how serious you were about this. And that's when I was like, I have to do this. And there were like so many little things that I needed to do. And I know I needed to do. And Claire was so serious about it. Like, she's like, just so you know, the first week you're going to have to do this, this, and this. And, you know, you better do it. <laughs> what, do you mind if I share what was one of the things that I was going to make you do? Totally. Okay. So one of the things I was going to make Heather do was that she had been in a five-year relationship and they had not spoken, but then they were back in touch and he was like wanting it to work again. And she really had feelings for him, but she really in her gut knew he wasn't her person. And I was like, 100%. If we are going to start working together, you have to be willing to cut contact. Now, I know, don't worry, guys, I got your bases covered. I have an, it's the longest video in my course in the stop wanting him back section. So there's, th- there's four sections. You get set up in the what you need to succeed. There's the first section, it's called stop wanting him back. And then there's a third that's fall in love with you. So important to build a relationship with yourself before you move into the find someone better section. So in the stop wanting him back section, you guys have heard me already talk about this on the podcast. I am no bullshit about being in contact. I won't do it. Why spend all the money if you're going to engage in bullshit and drama? Now, everybody's like, what if I have a kid with him? What if I work with him? What if we share the same friends? I get into all of that because I know it's not easy and black and white, but with me, I make it black and white because I am here for you to get results. And so I really asked Heather to rip the bandaid off. Like she knew it and she just needed to like step up to the plate. There was a little bit of me holding her accountable. Like, are you ready to like move through the pain? I say this to so many people. 
you're going to feel that much more pain before, like before you start to feel amazing on the other side, because it requires cutting contact. It requires looking at the thoughts that you thought about yourself that would attract this low leveled relationship. And, um, my client Leanne, who I re- who I had on last week, you know, she came to me like positive Penelope. I'm super positive. And I actually kind of pushed her to break her heart because there was all this underneath stuff that she wasn't looking at because she had done so much work on herself. And so part of the process is to hurt that much more before it gets better. And then I also had Heather cut off all contact with men and get off the app. So she had lots of little boy toys to play with. And one in particular who she just, oh, he just fucking did it for her. But he showed up like whenever the fuck he felt like it. This is hilarious and everybody's going to relate. And if you want me to delete this, I will. I won't say the location, but she like knew where this guy hung out and would go to the location's Instagram page to see if he was tagged. Just, you know, because if she knew where he was, that would make her get over it. We've all fucking done it. Nobody judge who's listening. <laughs> I've definitely done it. Like, where can I find or can can I find his friend who he hangs out with all the time and see if he was tagged in any pictures? You know, because keeping tabs on where they are is actually going to make you feel better. Right. And so a big part, uh, a big thing that we talked about, I remember saying to you and you were like, wait, what do you what do you mean by that? And I think it is such a weird question, but it's like, what do you you get out of knowing his whereabouts. He's still not showing up. And we were trying to like figure out what that thing was for you. And I think ultimately it's just like control, right? Yeah. And and when he said you're getting a false sense of relief, like that stuck with me forever. Oh, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. It was totally just habit, like going every day, checking, was he there? Was I going to see him? And yeah, when I started thinking about what is this going to give me? I was like, nothing. Nothing's going to change. No, except that you're create, you're not creating space to even set the stage for the right person to enter because your brain is just thinking about this Mr. Unavailable, this Mr. Unavailable. And like constantly, even if you're not clicking on his page, clicking on where he might be, it's like your brain is just clicking for access to information. And it does. I think it makes you feel like you have control. Like if you know his whereabouts, it makes you feel like weirdly connected. And yeah, thank you for remembering that. I was, I was saying this is a false sense of relief for you that just isn't serving you. So then I made her go on a cleanse of like not even clicking. There was a slip up once. Hey, it happens to the best of us. But can you, because I remember you like right off the bat and I remember you because I offer on-call text support during business hours to my one-on-one clients. By the way, you guys, this course is a pre-recorded almost uh, 60 videos. There is no live coaching that happens in this course. So I have two offers. It's a course, 597, or you can work with me one-on-one for six months and you can get all that information on clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. So Heather really reached out to me right off the bat, which is hilarious because now I like never hear from her in between sessions. And I'm like, Heath, you can use me, you know? And then she'll tell me this like thing that happened. I'm like, why didn't you text me? And she's always like, I don't want to bother you. And so I want her to use me more and um, really check in when she knows she needs that extra support because that's what I'm here for. But when you reached out right away, I think it was also one big thing that Heather and I really work on is her vulnerability and ask 
asking for help and exposing her truth and her heart, whether it's, you know, using me as her coach or expressing to this new guy, she's seeing how she feels. And so can you just touch on what it was like to reach out for the sport? Because you were in a lot of pain right off the bat when we started working together because of me making you cut off the contact. Yeah. So I remember reaching out to you as soon as we started working together, because I finally had cut off contact with my ex and I fully just spiraled. I was like, Oh my gosh, what did I do? Like, I didn't know it was going to feel like this. And all my thoughts were just going insane. Um, so I reached out to Claire. I was a little hesitant because I didn't want to bother her. (laughs) I was like, you just paid me a big chunk of change. You should bother me. Like you should. I mean, I always set the stage for my clients. I'm not some like on-call support to tell me that you just like took a dump in the toilet. Sorry, I went there. But oh my God, that was the title of my podcast episode last week with my client, Leanne, taking a dump on your love story because she had this idealized love story. You guys are going to love it. And I took a dump on it because she was like, he was so great. And I was like, "Mm, let me take a dump on that story because it doesn't sound like it. But um, it was hard for you. It's hard for you to open up in general, right? And then you reached out and then you did the thing that I asked you to do. So how did you move through the pain of cutting the contact? Well, you had definitely told me that I need to, you know, think about why. Like you made me write down 10 reasons on why he's not the one for me. And I just remember, I think getting through reason like four, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> why am I freaking out? Like, this is not meant to be. Like, this is what I need to do was cut contact with him. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And so can you just talk a little bit about moving through? It's it's a relatively very new um, budding relationship with this amazing guy. And I don't want to put, you know, one thing that I was really sensitive about in my own life, it was so brand new when I met my guy. And so I, you know, didn't really talk about it right off the bat. And I certainly don't, I want to just be very cautious of not putting this pressure on this relationship. It's not really about him and will you guys last and all of that. It's really about you having evidence of attracting a much higher caliber man because you got really clear on who he is. You also cleaned your shit up in your own life. You also totally committed to dating yourself as I ask everybody to do in the fall in love with you section in my course. You really did do everything I asked you to do and really committed to the thought work and really committed to your belief man plan. You're welcome. You guys will learn what a belief man plan is in the find someone better section, but don't skip to it. You guys have just slow down and really learn the tools. Because if you're just racing to the finish line, you're going to fuck it all up. And then you're going to be like, this course doesn't work. No, it fucking works. But you have to be willing to do the work like these women are talking about. So a big thing that you did not want to do was FaceTime this guy who, by the way, it wasn't even because of the pandemic. He literally lives in another state. And I made you work through that. I was like, whether it's this guy or the next guy, I just want you to get comfortable, like getting on screen and connecting with someone like these are the times. And he's also showing up and totally worth connecting with face to face. Like he's just been, you know, not shy about expressing his interest. He also hasn't been like crazily aggressive. You guys had someone, a friend in common, and you both got, you know, great feedback about the other person, which is always such a gift to be able to do a little mutual friend stock. And so, um, can you just talk about like moving through the vulnerability of, which by the way, the hilarious part with Heather 
I was like, suggest the FaceTime. She's like, that would just be too weird because he suggested it like five days ago and I never took him up on it. So it'd be weird for me to bring it up now. And I'm like, no, 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 like you should bring it up now. And I'm not making fun of you. Well, I am making fun of you, but I'm actually... The girls are all laughing silently. I'm making fun of all of us because the things that feel like such a scary big deal. And then when she spells it out that it's like, actually, he suggested it. You just need to be the one to be like, hey, yeah, how about that FaceTime call? And then Heather literally was like, oh, Claire, no, I can't. It was like the most hilarious sound I'd ever heard come out of her mouth. And anyway, but you fucking did it. And then lo and behold, you guys have connected multiple times. You're right now in a beautiful hotel room and it's going really well. And between that moment and just the moments of some awkward, like getting to know each other and being vulnerable with expressing like, Hey, um, I'm just going to speak for you just to keep it going. But I want you to, I do want you to talk on it. But like, there's been some moments where you're like, I know I could have expressed interest to him, but I held back and I felt guarded. That's been Heather's thing. And I think a lot of women move through this, which is especially why I wanted to have you on of like feeling protective, feeling guarded, which we ultimately revealed in a session or uncovered in a session that it's your fear of getting hurt, which I think everybody listening to this podcast can relate to. Can you talk, Heather, just about being willing to move through that? Because you've definitely, I'm getting chills right now talking about this, like just stepped up to the plate and like moved through the fear and expressed your feelings to this really great, safe guy, by the way. This is not like, I'm not reading him. It was like, she was telling me the story and I'm like, he doesn't know that you really like him. You need to let him know that you really like him, which was terrifying for you. And look, it's all working beautifully now, but can you just touch on what inspired you to like feel the sick feels of the vulnerability of whether it's suggesting, hey, do you want to FaceTime? before you guys had met, even though really he suggested it first. And also the moving through of expressing and letting someone know that you like them. Well, I think you definitely, when you're like, Heather, you're a grown adult, you're showing up for yourself. Like, why would you not suggest these things to like, know if this is your person or not? Like, why wait a month or two months pen palling with someone, you know, when you could get on a FaceTime and figure it out sooner? So it has definitely been super uncomfortable for me, (laughs) but definitely worth it. I mean, there's been times where I've had to be like, I really like you. Like, how do you feel? I don't want to waste my time. And like, even sending that text, I wanted to die. (laughs) Yes. It definitely paid off because, you know, we had a big talk and, you know, he was like, I didn't know I was coming off like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, for you, another thing that I was saying to you that I think it was like, you wanted to lean into the fear. And when I just asked you questions, like, don't you want a relationship where the two of you are super vulnerable? And you're like, yes, I do. And I'm like, so then you need to go be vulnerable with him to figure out if he's going to be someone who's going to be receptive to it. And of course it's scary, but here's the deal. The worst case scenario is he's like, whoa, that's a lot. And you're going to be like, all right, thank you for showing me who you are. I'm not wasting my time. And that happened with my partner 
partner, you know, he lived in Santa Barbara. I live there now for the here, here. I'm in Santa Barbara right now recording, you know, and I lived in LA and I was like, you know, we're two and a half hours apart here. Like, what are you looking for? I'm into you. I'm not asking you to lock it down and like put a ring on it. I'm just telling you, I'm not fucking around and half-assed. I'm not going to keep like, I feel like there's such a gift in long distance situations because, you know, you have such an easy way of being like, let's just like look at the situation and really ask ourselves. So we're not wasting each other's time or misleading, you know, because honestly, I had such strong feelings for my partner before we even met. I was like, oh my God, I just felt this thing, but you know, that's happened before. And then they've like revealed themselves to be not what I thought that they were. So I really, and we talk about this. I talk about this in the taking things slowly video in the course in the find someone better section. But you know, if, if he said to me the second weekend we hung out and I really was like, I drove, when I was driving to Santa Barbara from LA, I was like, Claire, you do not get to leave Santa Barbara without knowing what he's looking for. Not him promising me after a second weekend, I know I really want to be with you, but you know, he's got kids. He's got a really demanding job. I've got a really demanding job. And, you know, because of you guys, you're so demanding. But that, you know, I didn't want to fuck around and I wanted him to know like what I was looking for. And if he wasn't interested in the same thing, like, let's just be respectful. And I wanted to shit my pants when we had that conversation, too. So it's not like I'm the coach and that isn't a scary thing. I was like, (gasps) and he was totally weird. And we're going to talk about it, hopefully, on the podcast, if I remember. But, you know, I was like, what are you, you know, your profile basically said nothing. What are you looking for? And he was like, I mean, isn't everyone looking for a relationship? And I was like, uh, I live in LA, so definitely not. And Heather lives in LA too. And I remember saying this to you also, Heather, about like some guy where you were loca- wanting to know his location. I was like, do you want kids? And you were like, yeah. And I'm like, do you think that man is the father of your children? And you were like, oh my God, no. So she really, and she's right now, do you want to say anything on that? Um, I mean, when you, like, when you said that, I took that and like, anytime I would think about him, I would think about you saying that. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. Not my baby daddy. Not my baby daddy. Not my baby daddy. Well, thank you so much. We're going to move on to Miss April, but I think that that was really helpful for people. It's like, it doesn't matter if it's me, a coach in relationships, and I still have vulnerable partner, vulnerable, uncomfortable moments with my partner. And, um, you know, the work never stops. And thank you just for sharing. Just there's so, so relatable to so many people, but like, are we willing to be vulnerable to get what we want? And what's the greatest fear rejection, which by the way, I think is just a story. And then it's like, thank you for letting me know. So I can just move on and find my person because your thoughts create your results. And that result is not about fitting some person like a square peg into a round hole. It's a partner. And if you want it to be someone who doesn't want the same thing you want, then he is not your result. And that's what people lose sight of. Okay. So moving on to Miss April, last but not least, who is with me for a year. And we just parted ways a couple of weeks ago as she is running into the sunset. And as I mentioned earlier in this episode, April did not come to me heartbroken over one specific person, but she had a lot of unresolved shit that she needed to clean up about someone who was in her life a few years prior that really made her avoid dating. April, can you talk about, I felt like all of a sudden you were like, let's call him John. You were like, John who? After like three sessions. So can you share your experience about that? Oh, a hundred percent. Um, 
Yeah. Like you said, I came to you not heartbroken, but I knew subconsciously that the narratives and the stories that I had in my head were getting in the way of calling in someone amazing or like my ideal relationship. And I was very eager. And I think I was asking you, please take me because well, one, I, I live in New York City and there's so much competition. I'm like, wait, no, please take me. I don't know how much you left you have in your roster. But just to dive in right away and um, work through all of it. And I just was very much, you know, career focused, friend focused, family focused, everyone but me focused. And I just had a moment where I said to myself, my dating life is going to continue to be non-existent if I don't freaking do something about it. And that's when I applied to your one-on-one coaching. I needed you to show me my blind spots in order. I felt stuck more or less. Yeah. So can you, would you mind? And if you're not comfortable, we can just say no, just talking about, because really when we unpacked, let's call him John, poor John's out there. I use John a lot in the course and these (laughs) sample thought models. I know there's some great Johns out there, but could you just speak because that guy was such a mirror reflection of your thoughts of yourself. So could you just speak on like, what were some ahas that you moved through? Because you were like, not even really Jones into date. You were really Jones into go inward and really unpack that situation that's still just, it made you, that situation, your thoughts about that situation made you super resistant and your action was to be avoidant in your dating life. So when we were unpacking that, we really turned around so much with him being, your thoughts about him being a mirror reflection of your thoughts about you. So could you expand on that just to give the audience just an idea of how it's really never about the other person. It doesn't matter if it's a person from five years ago. It doesn't matter if it's a person like in your life now, it, it, it doesn't matter if you've been on two dates, whoever is triggering you, it is a mirror reflection of you and your thoughts about you always, always, always. And I think you just specifically were such a, it was such an example of like what you thought of you. Does that make sense? My question, could you just expand on, um, the ahas that you had and the breakthroughs that you had? Like, honestly, I thank that guy because he was just such a, I mean, all of these men, right? Heathers and Inez, and definitely not just my rock bottom relationship, multiple unavailables I dated pre him and post him. He was just the fucking worst. Um, you know, they're all our teachers. And I feel like you were like, I just remember moments and I can't even remember specifically which ones, but maybe some come to mind. You'd be like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes, Claire. I remember your very distinct voice and having these like ahas and breakthroughs. Do any come to mind that you would be open to sharing here? Yeah. I mean, well, similar, I resonated with you because of your rock bottom relationship and dating a narcissistic sociopath. That was also my situation to the point where when I first heard you, I was like, wait, did she date John too? (laughs) (laughs) Newsflash, no, but um, I think Haas was like, yes, in the third session, you were like, we immediately need to jump into this one relationship and really clean up that narrative because it's holding you back way more than you think it is. And I was saying to myself at the same time, well, I've done all this therapy. I have done all these healing modalities, but like, okay, like, let's also try this. And so when we dove in, I'm trying to think of one example when you like, 
you said to me, what was something that he did that didn't make you feel good about yourself? And I said, well, he would look me up and down and not approve of like what I was wearing and was like, we need to go out and get you a new outfit. And it was very like Stepford wife ish. And you kind of posed the question back to me and you said, in what ways were you not allowing him to, you know, use finances as uh, a vehicle to kind of control your relationship? And I remember giving an example, like, actually, you're right, Claire, because I remember one time, you know, it was very much like a, a, a not to be weird or gross, but like a father-daughter relationship. It kind of became very, like, like superior to like inferior. Yeah. And I said, you know, one time he did offer to pay off my credit card bill. And I said, no, because I had too much pride in that. And you said, see, there's an example right there where you didn't give him that power and how you took that away from him. Mm. When in the entire time up until that moment, I kept this narrative in my head of he was taking so much away from me you know, and depleting me, but it was a fact, you know, it wasn't a pretty band-aid thought more or less. Cause it was, what, true. what do you mean? It was, Oh yeah. I, so just to be clear, you're basically saying you had this whole story that he had all this power over you and, you know, our brains always attach to the negative story. And then we feel a ton of shame and then we attach to that shame. And then it's the only part that we remember is that that person had power over us. Right. I love that you said that is like, then when we really unpacked it, it's like, well, where did you have your power? I think that that's what you're, is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was like a huge aha moment. And yeah, like looking back in that relationship, I felt very powerless. And then when we broke up, I felt even more powerless. And, but you pointing out in those moments where you showed me that I actually had more power in that relationship than I thought I did. And it took me years up until that moment to really realize that. Yeah, I love that. And also, um, I definitely think we um, we unpacked your tolerance of him objectifying you about yes. your appearance and, and all of that. And how even when you started dating again, April, remember you had a lot of you not a lot, but you had like, I remember one specifically, but one guy who just was a total boundary crosser, totally objectified you. It was like scary. I mean, remember when you sent me all those text messages, like there was still a lesson for you to be learned about being like, no, this isn't okay. That you kept saying yes. It was like an automatic. And I think a lot of women relate of, I said yes, but I didn't want to, right? Like I let him change my outfit for me because he didn't like it. Like I didn't have my own. And this was what we really talked about when we re-upped our second six months together is what does April think about April? What does April want? What does she think and feel? Because you were so used to yesing. And again, think so many women relate to letting men treat them the way that they did. And so there was a healing of, yes, you know, you actually had more power, but then also a healing of you really stepping into and then consciously being empowered self-owned April into your new now amazing relationship. Yes. Through our coaching together, I certainly grew to love myself in more ways than I thought I already had. I just kind of wasn't all the way there yet. And 
really learning boundaries. And again, yes, just knowing who I was and not taking like low caliber men anymore into my life. I started attracting more high caliber men. And I, as soon as I did that, I mean, the man that I'm in a relationship with now, you know, very flawlessly walked like waltz into my life and we, I'm the happiest I've ever been. Uh, there was something else that I wanted to say. All three of these women, thank you, April, for sharing that. And she said flawlessly. I think you also would say effortlessly, but like, it feels like that. Like, it feels like my partner just like, boom, effortlessly arrived, but it wasn't. I mean, you too did a fuck ton of unraveling the past, a fuck ton of, un- of unraveling your limited relationship with yourself and not giving yourself the love that you needed before somebody else could. And then you really committed to a belief man plan as well, but it's just a beautiful story because it turns out it's someone from her hometown and, uh, who knew like this, you know, romance, would unfold the way it did. So I'm not here to say it's only the apps that you guys should be on, but now we're in a pandemic. It's definitely the main way. Um, and I also think pre the pandemic, it's the main way. Um, again, I get into managing all your drama about the dating apps in my course, stop wanting it back and find someone better, but that all three of these women, I mean, they healed their hearts fell in love with themselves, got clear on who they want to attract, showed up differently, but they all attract doozies. Does anyone want to talk about that? Like attracting doozies? You're welcome. I'm like a 70 year old grandmother attracted a doozy. Um, but you guys know what I mean? Like, is there anyone who wants to speak on swiping on doozies and still believing that the work is working? Cause that is so crucial. April. I'll comment on it. So I was approached on the street one time of this of this guy, and he asked me out right away. And normally I would have said no. And I said, nope, I'm committed to this work. I'm going to go out with him. He turned out to be not a good guy. We went to dinner on our first date, which Claire and I have talked about, is not something that you need to commit to on the first date unless you want to. And you also have the opportunity and the choice to get up and leave if it's not serving you in any capacity. And even though that guy was crazily texting me like a hundred messages afterwards, I knew the work was working because I was able to laugh about it. And I said to myself, I will still say yes to the next guy who comes up onto the street (laughs) and asks me out, but I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do anything differently other than that he just wasn't my person. Yeah. And and also keep in mind, you guys, I'm not saying you have to say yes, because Ina also got approached on the street and gave her number and didn't want to. And she was like, I felt rude. And I'm like, it's not rude to not give your number. And I'm not trying to make Ina sound dumb. I feel like women get in these situations where they feel super uncomfortable. I'm not saying you have to say yes to everybody, but April in particular with you individually, I did want you to just start saying yes to dates. Obviously, if you got a creepy vibe, I'm not like, say yes to anyone but to stay open because April had been so avoidant in her dating life. It was really important that she was saying yes. So I think she was taking that, but then she had this really aggressive experience happen and she still stuck to it. Ina, being that you are on your way to finding love, can you just speak about 
committing to your belief that the work is working, even when you don't have like uh, an eye on the prize or your, you know, we talk all the time about thoughts creating results, right? When you're, when you haven't officially created this result, how do you still commit to the work working when, cause you've had some interesting, hilarious doozies too. Yeah, totally. Um, I think I commit to it just seeing how far I've con- come from day one with Claire. And then I guess also just me a month ago, three months ago, six months ago, a year ago. No, not every day do I wake up and feel my best self, but I know how to get myself back there and back on track if I am feeling off. And I'm just so happy with where I am with myself right now that a guy could come tomorrow or he can come in several years that it doesn't matter because I truly believe that it's going to happen. And I just want to continue feeling myself throughout whenever that happens. Um, um, I, I need to slow that down because so many people listening are going to be like, wait, it doesn't matter if he comes a couple of weeks or in a few years. What the fuck? It matters because my biological clock is ticking. I have a whole video on the biological clock ticking in the find someone better section. And I just want to really hit home. Like Ina, again, came to me in a highly triggered state and was just for lack of better words, like feeling really fucked up in the head. Right. And I mean, again, I relate just to my own, you, I relate to you so much just when we first spoke, how wound up you were going a million miles an hour and you were so like outside of yourself. And so really slowing you down. How many times Ina, did I say, can we just take a few breaths, Ina? And you know, my therapist back in the day in the thick of my pain would say the same thing. And I'm like, I don't want to take breaths. Um, but like, Really and truly, this is someone who has done so much work on herself that she's like, if he comes in a couple of years or if he comes next week, right? And I truly, at 38 years old, when I called in the love of my life, I really decided I know my thoughts create my results. And I know that I love the fuck out of my life that I have now. And so whether he comes tomorrow or in a couple of years, and again, you know, I address the whole biological clock ticking issue. Uh, that's, you know, for the course. <laughs> so definitely get the course if you want to work through that drama. You know, I know it's science, but there's a lot of drama we create about the biological clock ticking. So really just hearing you say, like, it's matter of fact of whether he comes tomorrow in a few years. Years. Like it doesn't matter because I've said this multiple times, but now having met the love of my life at 38 years old, I, I don't sit here and say, oh, if only I met him five years ago. I don't care. We're so fucking in love. He's my person. And I can't imagine anybody else being my person. And I know no guarantees. Everybody can say, you never know. Blah, blah. I know. But like, I really am like, we're so perfect for each other. And so to me, I would have waited another five years for that. Not six, five. I'm kidding. Um, But that's really pretty incredible. So then that really takes the anxiety and the rush and the pressure to call him in. It's such an amazing place to be, but it can't be bullshit. It has to be authentic. So, um, we're almost at the hour here, but can you just speak on that really quickly of like genuinely loving your life? Almost to the point that a couple of weeks ago, you were like, I'm just enjoying my life. And if it happens, happens. And I was like, ah, don't get too passive, Miss Ina. Yeah, no, it's a delicate balance because, of course, part two of this is to just fall in love with yourself or 
or create that self-love um, and that life that you love that if you're doing that, sometimes you lose sight that, oh, I, you know, I am good by myself right now, but no, I'm also, I'm good by myself, but I'm also really down to meet my partner. And, um, you know, so to stay committed to that and have that balance is something I just recently learned. Um, you know, I can still be independent, but be intentional about my thoughts and, and calling him in. And yeah. That was awesome. You guys, I'm sweating profusely under my armpits and you're all welcome for the visual, but I hope you smell me from all of your locations because I am just so fucking proud of the three of you. And I'm so honored that you took an hour out of your Sunday to show up and share your experiences because I think all of your stories are so relatable. And I think it's so vulnerable and brave of you guys to share your stories on, especially Heather vulnerability on this you know, um, platform, it really means the world to me. And for you to share with this audience, what the work is like, because it's going to be different for every single person who's coming to me in different situations. And I just can't thank you enough. And is there anything else that anybody wants to say, just to make sure that your bases are all covered? That you're the expert at heartbreak and calling in ideal relationships through the vehicle of loving yourself first and foremost. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll put that in my pipe and smoke it. I was saying, put that in my pipe and smoke it, but I also was putting a feather in my cap, like indicating that. So two things, you're all welcome. I love you guys. And I love all of you who are listening. Make sure you go to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. Sign up for the course. I have a wait list going. I am not taking any more one-on-one clients right now until February of 2021. So if you think you want to have that one-on-one high touch experience, for sure, apply now to secure your spot. So much love, my loves. Until next time. Bye. My love. Are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after. 